Uh, we are in week 11 of the book of James right now. We're going to be in James chapter 3 this morning. If you would like to go ahead and turn there, James chapter 3. Our series is called Evidence. Um, I kind of want to do the, uh, the um, intro video, Zach. Just, I could do like the whatever it is. Uh, but um, I kind of want to do the, the Evidence intro video. But for 11 weeks, we've studied in the book of James, and the general theme of the book is becoming more mature in our Christian walk, becoming a more mature follower of Jesus. That's the general theme. And we've spoken about many topics related to that general theme. My job today is to simply open up God's Word and to preach the next text, the next verse, the next chapter in the book of James. Today we're going to talk about contrasting wisdom. Contrasting wisdom. Now if you've been a part of our connect groups, which I want to encourage you, we're going to get those back up after taking a week off. We'll be back in our connect groups this week. But we discussed this in the last couple of weeks in our connect groups and I want to encourage you to be a part of those. It's very simple. You log on to Zoom and you're a part of the connect group. It's Literally that simple. So I want to encourage you to be involved. But as we introduce the book of James, we mentioned that the book of James was a lot like the Old Testament book of Proverbs. In fact, many people call James the New Testament proverb. Uh, and we mentioned that it was like that for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one of the first reasons, and this is where James and Solomon are kind of close to my heart here, they seem to have, uh, they seem to lack long-term attention spans. And so they jump from like this topic to that topic to this topic to that topic. And I'm cool with that because that's the way my mind works. No problem here. And so Proverbs, if you know, if we ever preached through the book of Proverbs, we would never preach through it verse by verse because we would literally go from one topic to something seemingly completely unrelated in the very next verse all throughout the book. So James is like that in a way. But today's text is one of the more um, obvious parallels with the book of Proverbs, and that is the highlighting and the unpacking of the word wisdom. The topic of wisdom. If you know Proverbs at all, you know that Proverbs is jam-packed full of wise sayings. This is what a proverb is. It's jam-packed full of addressing those who are wise or giving an expectation of someone who would be wise. And we know that in the Old Testament, we know that Solomon was the author. And we know that Solomon was the wisest man. And so he was qualified under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to pen those words. Today we're going to talk about wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, the primary thing, the most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Uh, what is wisdom? If I had to ask you, answer it quietly there in your seat. What is wisdom? What is wisdom? Wisdom is more than knowledge because I think we know a lot of people that are very knowledgeable, but they're not wise. Uh, they may have the education in something intellectually, but they're not wise in the way that they apply it. And so I, my simple definition of wisdom is the practical 
application of knowledge. The practical application of knowledge. And we know that James has already spoken of wisdom. If you remember the wonderful promise that was given back in the first chapter in this book of James, that back several weeks ago now, in chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. <coughs> and it will be given him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. A promise to give wisdom to those who seek wisdom. And our text this morning will bring up an interesting view as James will compare and contrast earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Unspiritual wisdom with spiritual wisdom. Ungodly wisdom with godly wisdom. And I don't know about you this morning, but I don't necessarily, when I think of wisdom, I don't necessarily think of an earthly wisdom. When I think of wisdom, I don't think of it like an, an unspiritual wisdom or an ungodly wisdom, but James is going to teach us this morning that there is such a thing. And we're going to talk through how maybe that's infiltrated our lives. And we're going to talk through what it looks like to have godly wisdom this morning. James chapter 3, look at verse 13 is where we'll begin. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct... Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, I must, as with any text, we cannot uncover and unpack every single word or else we'd be in this book for a long, long, long time. But I think it'd be very important for us as believers to look at the phrase, by his good conduct, the, the sentence, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Hmm. Verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is, shown, is sown in peace by those who make peace. We're going to explain that last verse before we get done today. Because you read it and you're like, what? That sounds great. What does that mean? Got no clue. All right, so... We're going we're gonna to talk about that this morning. Can we go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to jump right into the text this morning. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, and direct us through your word today. God, today is a next chapter, next verse sermon. I pray that your word not return void as you promised, promised it wouldn't. I pray that your Holy Spirit would <coughs> lead and guide my words, lead and guide those who are receiving the word today. And I pray that we would leave here with gospel transformation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want us to see this morning, very clearly, right from the beginning, contrasting origins. Contrasting origins. This contrasting wisdom 
originated from different places, okay? Originated from different places. The ungodly wisdom in verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. There is a wisdom of this world. There is a there is worldly wisdom, secular wisdom, and we would be foolish this morning to think that there are not unbelievers all throughout uh, our lives that we've interacted with that do not possess great wisdom in areas of life. I, I don't know why, but when I think of wisdom, I'm often drawn to finances. Okay, and some of the most wise people that I know financially would not be followers of Jesus. Just to be honest with you. Now, are there biblical, godly uh, wisdom given throughout Scripture in our finances? Certainly. But I know, I know people that are ungodly that would never name the name of Jesus Christ that are extremely wise financially. So there is a wisdom that is of this world. Hey, I'll go a step further. I know parents who have, using wisdom, have raised their children. And their children are now adults and they are all uh, extremely successful people in society and, and love their neighbors and do all the things. And they wouldn't name the name of Christ, but they possessed wisdom in the ways they dealt with their children. There is a worldly wisdom. There is an earthly wisdom today that does not come from above. And we must be very careful because while we acknowledge the wisdom that those that would not name the name of Christ possess, we must understand that the origination of that wisdom is not from God. And we must be very careful. The godly origin, verse 17, but the wisdom from above... It's first pure, and then it goes down the list. By the way, godly wisdom, godly wisdom in your life will never contradict God's Word. Godly wisdom in your life, because it lines up with God's Word 100% of the time, it means the culture around us will oftentimes misunderstand godly wisdom, will not support godly wisdom, and will, will talk against and speak against and stand against godly wisdom. But there is contrasting origins. Wisdom from above, from our Creator God. Wisdom from this, this earth that is ungodly and even demonic. Obviously, when you have wisdom that originates from two completely uh, polar opposite uh, places and people, you'll understand, secondly, contrasting operations. How this wisdom operates the ungodly, look at verse 14 if you have your Bibles open. Look right in verse 14. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. But it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. I'm not saying that every single person who possesses worldly wisdom on purpose has these things in mind. But I will say this. Earthly wisdom is often brought upon by envy, jealousy, and self-seeking. For instance, let's use finances again. The one who is not a follower of Jesus that is using earthly wisdom, 
the motivation behind their financial wisdom is not so that they can support missions more through their church. It's not so they can see the poor and needy over there and they can take what they have used their wisdom for, that money, and can give it and can support someone less fortunate. Uh, that money is not gotten so that they can be a help and a blessing to those in their community, per se. But their, godly, their ungodly wisdom, their earthly wisdom, is oftentimes met with another new boat, uh, with, a, with another beach house. And if, uh, by the way, if they'd like to donate one, I'm open. I'm open. It's often just by more and more and more and more stuff. Right? I don't know how many of you know Elon Musk. I'm not advocating for or against him, but he was obviously he was in the news a lot because of the uh, SpaceX and NASA um, deal that happened yesterday, which was pretty awesome, by the way, if you got to see that. Uh, that was really cool. But Elon Musk is, if he's not the most, one of the most uh, wealthy men, wealthy people in our, in our country, in, our, in the world. And within the last two months, he has made waves in the finance world because he is selling all of his houses. I wish I had that problem. I need to sell all my houses, Sarah. All, I need, yeah, let's go ahead and sell all of them. Um, he's selling all of his houses. He's getting rid of all of his stuff. He's going to rent a house. And he was on a podcast I was listening to, and they were asking him about it, and he said, I mean, I, I just don't need it. I don't need it. I mean, I had this house over here, and then I was going to build one, but he said this, I figured my energy could be better spent trying to get to Mars than by building my perfect house. That's the kind of the level that guy's on. I'm like, all right, bro. You need to chill. Uh, but anyway, at the end of the day, I'm not going to argue the wisdom. I'm going to argue the heart behind the wisdom, right? The heart behind uh, the decisions that people make. And, and ungodly wisdom is born oftentimes out of self-seeking ambition. I will say this. There is no one in this earth who heard the name Elon Musk over the last three days who was more happy about it than Elon Musk. Self-ambition and self-gain. And once again, it was incredible. And give, give credit where credit is due. I think it's awesome. But at the end of the day, the operations of ungodly wisdom are self-serving, envious, false boasting, and deceitful. Hey, why, why is it that it said, oh, you're in the real world now? Hey, the business world, hey, it's, what's the term? It's cutthroat in the business world, right? You know why? Because the business world, the real world that we exist in, jealousy, self-seeking ambition, deceitfulness, I'll do anything I need to do to get to the next level. And if that means pushing someone down and stepping on their shoulder to boost me up, that's what I'll do. It's the operation of ungodly wisdom. But, contrasting that, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Listen, godly wisdom that you can ask for, and, that, and James chapter 1, verse 5 tells us he will give you liberally, he will give you all you need. It is godly wisdom that is first meek. Don't confuse meekness with weakness. 
Meekness is just the manner in which you operate. You don't have to be heard. You don't have to be in the limelight. You don't have to be front and center. It's just a, a, a meekness, a, a purity. In the last seven days, maybe this one would help us with godly wisdom. Peaceful. Peaceful. Godly wisdom will bring peace. We've spoken about that several times already in the book of James. Peace. And I'll be honest with you in my flesh. I'm shooting straight. I'm not a peacemaker in my flesh. Fire me. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm not a peacemaker in my flesh. There's a little bit inside of me that I'm sure my wife would amen that I don't mind a good debate. I don't mind you disagreeing with me a little bit because I'm pretty convinced I'm right. And so I would love to explain to you how I still am right. And there's a good chance you're not, right? That's kind of my flesh. But godly wisdom? Hey, when I come into a situation, I want, I want for them to say, okay, if Josh is going to get involved in this, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna work it out. It's gonna be we're, it's gonna bring peace. Hey, at, at work, if they're having an issue and something's going on and there's a disagreement, and they say, "Hey, I'm gonna bring in so and so," because I know if we can bring in so and so, they're gonna at least help work this thing out, right? Peacemakers, godly wisdom, wisdom that can make peace. And parents, if you have more than one child, right, you have got to get your degree in godly wisdom that can make peace. Godly wisdom that can keep two children, three children, four children, however many you have, from absolutely brutally beating each other and yelling and screaming and cursing at each other. Not that your kids would ever do that. I know. But godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. It fleshes itself out in meekness, purity, peacefulness, gentleness, I love this next one. Able to reason. Reasonableness. Able to reason. Godly wisdom says, Tim sees it differently than I see it. So godly wisdom says, I'm going to sit down right here beside you. I really wish I could. And I want you to explain the way you see it. And I am open to reason about it. I'm open to seeing your side. I am open. And by the way, can I just say this? In our justice that, that people are seeking, that they are protesting for, a lot of times you know what they really want. They want someone to sit down beside them and say, I would love to hear your story. And then just shut up and listen. Hey, listen, I would, I would love to try to understand the pain that you're feeling. And then shut up and listen. And, and, and don't worry about sharing the meme you just saw about it. And don't worry about spreading the, 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 the fake news, uh, news articles about it. Because we just got to. At the end of the day, godly wisdom is reasonable. Now, that doesn't mean if I sit down with Tim and Tim explains to me his reasoning, that doesn't mean that I adopt that reasoning. But that means I will sit there and I'm going to listen. And I'm going to be willing to reason. And I'm going to be willing to listen. 
And it would do all of us, myself included, in the day and age in which we live, it would do a lot of us good to say, hey, listen, I know I'm not like you, and we come from different backgrounds and we have different stories. I, I just want you to know I want to listen to you. Like, I would love to hear your story. I would love to hear your story. And sit down and be reasonable because that is godly wisdom. We've seen the contrasting origins, the contrasting operations. Super cheesy outline today, guys. I'm sorry. It just worked out this way. Thirdly, contrasting outcomes. They're all C and O. I'm sorry. I feel like that, like, typical preacher. Anyway, contrasting outcomes. Ungodly. Look at verse 16. Look at the outcome of ungodly wisdom. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Ungodly wisdom produces disorder and unrighteousness. Ungodly wisdom. Now don't, you judgmental Christians, don't immediately go, well, that's exactly what I'm seeing when I turn on the news then. I'm seeing ungodly wisdom because it's coming out in vile practices. That's anti-gospel, just chill. But at the end of the day, the outcome of worldly wisdom is worldly outcomes, unrighteousness, sinfulness. The outcome of godly wisdom is simply this. Look at verse 18. I told you we were going to get to this verse. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Kind of tough to understand. Let me... Let me um, give you a little, a little uh, Bible version um, Jesus juke. If I, I'll just say this. It's all good. I say it in connect groups. If I ever have a tough time with like sentence structure and it seems like the verse is like flipped upside down, I'm not really sure exactly what it means and I've looked in my other kind of like word-for-word translations, I will go over to the NLT, the New Living Translation. It just kind of helps me a little bit. Um, it says this in verse 18, and those who are peacemakers, okay, they will plant seeds of peace. So peacemakers will live in peace with a peaceful spirit. Okay, they will sow seeds of peacefulness. And it says that they will reap a harvest of righteousness. So godly wisdom will produce blessing and peace. And righteousness blessing and peace and righteousness you know maybe in my decision to not preach a sermon on biblical justice today maybe it was because God the Holy Spirit knew that what we really needed practically this week is to know that godly wisdom will produce blessing and peace and righteousness. I'm going to... I'll say for me this week, before I comment on something I strongly disagree with, I will think godly wisdom produces blessing. Am I blessing? It produces peace Am I making peace? And it produces righteousness. Is this a righteous act? 
I got to be real. This is just for me. I'm sure you guys are much better. But for me, most of the time, I'm batting over three. Blessing. I ain't blessing nobody. I'm stirring them up. Peace. I'm not bringing peace. I'm not throwing water on the fire. I'm tossing a, ga a gallon of gasoline on it. Righteousness. I'm not, I'm operating in my flesh. I'm not operating in the spirit. And at the end of the day, I, I close with this today. This is another example. In scripture, you have oftentimes specific things. We're talking about wisdom, period, right? But there's a broader theme in scripture that I believe this speaks to, and that is you can walk in the flesh, ungodly wisdom. You can walk in the flesh, or you can walk in the spirit, godly wisdom. I think it's a greater theme that speaks into the book of Galatians. Another time where James and Paul build upon one another and don't contradict one another. Walking in the flesh, godly, uh, ungodly wisdom, my own wisdom, wisdom that will not make peace, wisdom that will just be self-serving and, and, and built upon jealousy and envy. Or am I walking in the Spirit, blessing others, bringing peace to chaotic situations, and living in righteousness? Righteousness. I don't know about you this morning. I get tempted a lot. I get tempted a lot. And the temptation is to react quickly. And the temptation is to say what I'm feeling. And the temptation is to operate in fleshly, ungodly, worldly wisdom. And hey, I'll be honest with you. Every now and then, man, I really put people in their place. Every now and then, I make the comment and the person doesn't even know what to say back. And I'm like, being real. Every now and then, man, it works. Or so I think. But I caused division. I operated with a terrible spirit. And what came out of me was unrighteousness. And maybe as a church family today, we can commit, especially during this time, especially during these seasons of protests, and riots and these seasons where the next thing on the news dominates I said earlier I'm old enough to remember COVID-19 anybody else old enough to remember that we haven't heard anything about it in like four days you know why because we got something else and you know what I'm committed to I mean no, by the way nothing causes division more than COVID-19 Lord have mercy and now we have something else thrust in front of us trying to cause division and like, hey, I agree with you about COVID-19 and now I disagree with you about the protests. Like, I'm not really sure. Bless, peace, righteousness. Blessing, peacefulness, and righteousness. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. 
If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.